Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth, with your host, Christina Rivera. In this savvy broadcasting series, we delve into hot topics affecting us all. With cancel culture and big tech censoring any opposing ideas and thoughts outside of mainstream ideology, it has become more important than ever that we tell the raw truth about everything from U.S. world politics, COVID, Christianity, and everything in between. We invite all points of view to come and share their perspective honestly and respectfully. Hi, Erica Mather. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you talk on our new series, Forbidden Speech. And what we're going to talk about, it's forbidden that we never talk about the cold, the confidence-crushing pursuit of unrealistic beauty standards, which women are always trying to reach this unfulfilled beauty standard. I know myself included, when I heard that you're a lifelong teacher that struggled with emotionally overeating, which I've not done, but overexercising, I have. And always looking at myself, not feeling like I've reached that full potential, like I could get better, stronger. And you know, I think a lot of it might have to do with what we might see around us in social media or TV or magazines. How did you come to creating your book and what led you to to bringing this message out here? Well, I had a marketing proposition problem in yoga because I'm a yoga teacher. I'm actually a yoga therapist. I help people feel better in and about their bodies. I help people who are aging or ill or uh, injured get better. And I wanted to make clear what my yoga teaching was going to help people with. And a lot of times when people go to yoga, they're like, it's very unclear, like what, what is the benefit or the outcome going to be from yoga? And for some people, they just like, they're like, well, I'm inflexible. I want to get more flexible. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to make it very clear that one of the outcomes that you could get from yoga is this increased uh, self-confidence and Mm -hmm. increased and improved, I would say improved body image. Mm -hmm. And actually the more I think about it, it's more actually about identity and how we think of ourselves in relationship with our bodies. Mm -hmm. And all of this emerged from my own struggles 
But then becoming a yoga teacher and thinking like, well, what is the differentiator here? Like, how am I doing yoga or teaching yoga differently than other people? Mm-hmm. And I got to say, it's, it's turned into so much more and so much more rewarding than I anticipated at the beginning, just trying to solve this marketing proposition problem. Because, mm-hmm. you know, with regards to forbidden speech, I think that women in general don't talk about these issues very openly. And one of the things I love about running my group programs is the conversations that arise between the women about how they think about themselves, how Mm. they think about their bodies, how they think about their bodies in the world, how they Mm. think about people responding to their bodies. And I think that right now, this issue, our bodies is actually the, the hub of the wheel of so many identity um, identity discussions around gender and sexuality and mm. race and diversity and weight inclusion and mm. what it is to be a woman or to not be a woman. Mm. You know, it's at the hub of the wheel because it all anchors on our bodies and how we think of about our bodies and how they move in the world and how other people think about our bodies and how our, they think about our bodies moving in the world. And so mm. I think that uh, it's a very exciting uh, topic to be discussing right now. Absolutely. And you know what I'm wondering when you say building your confidence through the movement of yoga, is it because you, you know, it's usually a bit slower than say cardio or just uh, 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 with weights. Is it really building a more of a mind body connection with your own body and the movement? I think it really depends on the person. So let me give you some examples. So I have a client who's probably about 28, 29 I'm working with who would like to be fitter, but because of whatever, how she's made or some prior injuries, she can't really approach exercise as we think about it without getting hurt. And so for her, what I've been teaching her at yoga is how to relate to her body in a way to find this edge where you do just enough to get stronger, but not so much that you hurt yourself. Mm. And a lot of times people are not taught about those edges because there's been some other uh, carrot, you know, placed in front of us, which might be weight loss or might be being better toned. And so we just Mm. sort of blow through all of the signs and the signals that come from our bodies that that say stop or enough, because we've been indoctrinated with this Mm. idea that there is that those aren't really stop signs because being thin or being toned or being fit or being pretty is actually Mm -hmm. more important than you taking care of your body. Mm. So that's one of the ways like this person is growing confidence because now what she feels like is that she can approach physical activities in a way that is healthy for her Mm -hmm. and will help her get fit at her own rate. Mm -hmm. And she no longer goes to yoga class and thinks like, well, why can, what's wrong with me that they can do that and I can't do that, Mm -hmm. which is another way that people really uh, erode their confidence is through the comparative analysis of you and other people. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is that Uh, there is no body like your body and therefore you have to get to know it and comparative analysis with other people is actually an illusion that is unconstructive. Oh yeah. I love that you went there, Erica, because uh, I, I 
I've done that myself. You know, I've looked at other people, look at them, they can lift more than me, or they can, you know, they're more stretchy. And, and you know, every single, as you said, every single body's body is different and has different needs. And now, as I've gotten more in tune the past year and a half with my own body, I've like eaten certain things. And, you know, maybe the trainer will say, well, stay away from nuts because they're too carby or whatever and eat more of this. And I'm just finding what works best for me and what my body needs. It might not be a certain recipe that you just need to do XYZ protein or XYZ carbs or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's so interesting because, you know, it, it is sort of an outside inside a little back, but like, what, what do the experts say? Let me try it. Let me see how it feels. But in the end, what's really important is how do you feel? How does the food make your body feel? Do you feel satisfied? Do you feel energized? Do you feel nourished? Like Mm -hmm. what happens with regards to what you put into your body? And the only person who can answer that is you. I had another client come to me last week. She was like, I have some back pain. Mm -hmm. You know, I went, I got imaged. I have some arthrosis, which basically means like you're getting older. (laughs) Um, I was like, well, that's, that's a funny way to put it. And so she was describing me to the pain and she's like well what do you think and I was like I really don't know I mean the only way I can the only way I could legitimately answer that question is if I could like climb into your body and have a feel right but I can't climb into your body and have a feel so the only person who can answer this question is you Mm -hmm. and I'm going to help you answer this question but all final it's you and that is not the way that we're taught Mm -hmm. about anything we're not the way we're taught about anything in 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 the health or wellness or medical industry, uh, you know, writ large is, is, is we're always relying on experts, but the only expert of you is you. Yeah. And so, you know, there we go. No, you're so right about that. My, my um, husband had a doctor who I was like, well, he's, he's outside the box and that he would say to my, my husband, you know, when he come to see him with his issues, uh, he's like, so how do you feel? What's going on with your body? You tell me, cause you're inside of it. And so he would give him some medication for some uh, for some things and say, okay, you take and then at that point, if you feel it's too much for you and your body's telling you, hey, I need to lower the dose, lower the dose, your body will tell you what it needs. I was like, wow, this doctor is amazing. Um, Because we don't get enough of that. And I think it's, you know, there might be people who know fitness and can give you, you know, some launch pads, like, okay, eat this much protein, or maybe, you know, don't eat as much sweets or whatever. But on a whole, you have to just listen to your body. And I think that's the most important thing, whether, you know, you're doing a certain exercise and your body's telling you, whoa, slow down, or you're eating something and feeling yucky afterward. Only you can know if you stop and pay attention. What is my body telling me right now? Is it telling me I feel icky after having that donut or you know whatever it is that you know your body will tell you okay no more of that let's add some of this yeah and 100 percent. and i also want to point out that part of what this is reliant upon is this idea that you know how to listen to your body mm-hmm. and most people do not know how to listen to their body at all and so part of what i do in in my yoga therapy and in my uh, body image programs is try to guide people into what is the process of getting to know your body anyway? And how do you cultivate that relationship? How do you discern the feelings that you're feeling? What's pain? What's discomfort? You know, all of these things. How do you begin to do that? I mean, do you have to be with the person? Can a person listening into this podcast right now say, what are some steps I can do to get in touch with my body? Is there anything you might offer them? Well, I think sitting down with yourself and not doing a thing for a minute 
-hmm. is a really important way to get in touch with your body because, but uh, so, so doing nothing (laughs) actually is weirdly a great way to get in touch with your body because Mm -hmm. when you stop, sometimes the sensations will show up sensations, meaning physical sensations, sensations, meaning emotional sensations. Mm -hmm. But I, I want to give tips, but, but it it actually is a very long process. That's a guided process, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's not Uh, just a everything and it's not one size fits all. So you can't just say, here's tips for everyone because everyone would be different. Everybody's different, but everybody's also entering the entering the ed, the course of education at different points, mm-hmm. right? Depending on how healthy they are, mm-hmm. uh, how how fit they are, mm-hmm. uh, what sort of movement background they have or they don't have, what are their thoughts and their opinions about movements? Mm-hmm. Um, what is their relationship with exercise? Some people use exercise as a as a form of self punishment. Certainly in, in my field where, where weight issues and body image issues are what I'm focused on, a lot of people's prior relationship with exercises as a form of punishment or a way to lose weight or just a way mm-hmm. to alter things that those people found undesirable or deficient in them. Mm. So, so the tips are, you know, like, are like maybe stop for a minute. Yeah. And then maybe for some people it's go like mm-hmm. develop, develop a movement modality. I think a movement modality that is not outcome oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where the, where the whole point of the movement is just to like have an experience. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so, so for instance, you like to lift weights mm-hmm. and, and, and if you just went into the experience not having any expectation and just had an experience lifting weights is that different than the point of this is to lift more or the point of this is Heavy to, yeah. is, is to alter the shape of my body. Like, you know, no, no, and, certainly, and certainly the point of like lifting more can be the experience of lifting more, the psychology of lifting more. But for sometimes the point of lifting more is, uh, is competitive. Mm, uh, is, is, is an, about achievement or accomplishment, not necessarily the internal process mm. of getting to that point. Yeah. I guess you see what I'm saying. So, so um, any movement modality really could be non-outcome oriented. It just really depends on what you're doing in your head. Some people come to yoga and they make yoga outcome oriented. They want to get, they want to have some postural accomplishment. They Mm. want to, you know, have their ass look a certain way because, (laughs) you know, they've been told that, you know, you could get a yoga butt or whatever. So, so certainly you can smuggle those sorts of priorities into something that I think should be non-outcome oriented, Mm. but I do think that yoga is a good place to be non-outcome oriented because by and large, that's sort of the way the stage is set unless, unless an instructor has taken it in a fitness direction. Yeah. Now I'm curious, you mentioned getting in touch with your body and deciphering pain from discomfort. And I I remember many years ago, a trainer telling me pain bad, because that means you're doing something wrong and burn good. That means that you're pushing yourself. Uh, Is that, is there a difference between pain and discomfort? What is the difference? And should you, yeah, I'd love to hear your take. This is so interesting because this again, depends on the threshold of the person involved in the experience. Ah, Some people it's, it's how does your nervous system work? 
That's really what we're talking about. We're talking to your nervous system when we're talking about pain. Some people experience things that are very uh, subtle as painful, right? For instance, let's take um, if you're on the autism spectrum, things that we think are normal, like the, the feeling of your skin, of, of clothing on your skin, an autistic person might find intolerable. Right. And that's a little bit about how their nervous system is set. Mm. Right. So, so what is pain is again, and what is discomfort? What is pain mm. is a very personal exploration. And I actually think also pain, pain, bad, burning, good is a little bit simplistic and reduction <laughs> reductive because some people might experience burning as pain. Uh, right. So it's like sort of defining the thing with the thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so I think, I think part of the invitation is to, for, for at least the way that I teach it in, mm-hmm. in my yoga modalities is to engage a person with the experience that they're having mm-hmm. and how do they interpret the experience that they're having and how would they describe it and what is too much, mm-hmm. what, what pain to me, like the threshold of pain is you're, you're headed towards an injury. How do you know that you're headed towards an injury, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, and that's a very personal experience for everyone, depending Mm. on how their nervous system works, depending on their fitness. I'm starting to sound like a broken record, (laughs) (laughs) right? No, but it's true because we we're not told it's we're on the, the trek. And I know me when I've gone to the gym, I try not to think about it, but you're looking at others results and be like, I want to get that result, but they're a different person, different fitness level. We don't know. I don't know where they started, uh, how much time they've put in. Has it been 20 years as opposed, you know what I mean? Uh, what's their, yeah. of course, what do they put into their body as fuel? You know, is it better fuel than what I might be putting into my body? But like you mentioned earlier in our talk, the constant um, looking at others in comparison does nothing to help us move forward with our own body because that's their journey, their body and comparing it doesn't do anything to help us on our journey. Nope. Yeah. Unfortunately, no, (laughs) unfortunately, that is the truth. That is the, that is the beautiful truth actually, (laughs) which, which hopefully I, I I hope that for your listeners, that this is encouraging, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, your, your, your number one tool, I think on this journey is curiosity like my people who uh, who I think get good results with me, their, their number one characteristic is that they're curious. They're mm-hmm. curious about their bodies and they're also not afraid to experiment and they're not afraid to push boundaries a little mm-hmm. bit. I like that you mentioned so, that push by, boundaries a little bit. And by, yeah. by those boundaries, I mean like for instance, um, uh, in the body image world, and you and I are talking very fluidly about right. like what you put into your body and what are the results mm-hmm. you get. But but there is um, in my industry and in my field a very strong pushback against what we call diet culture. Have you heard of diet culture? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So so diet culture. I'm going to define it loosely, probably inaccurately for your for your listeners. But diet culture is basically um, the compulsive the compulsory. Uh, mandate to be involved in a diet mm-hmm. as a moral obligation, as proof mm-hmm. that you as a woman are doing your part to be yeah. a good woman, yeah. right? Because we know that good women are obedient, they're thin, they're yeah. disciplined, they're not too emotional, right? <laughs> yeah. So so pushing back against diet culture is, is very important, mm-hmm. right? 
But the way you and I are talking about it is talking about, it's, it's a little different. Like we're talking about being curious about what you put in your body. And what is your body but, telling you? That and what is your body yeah. telling you? And so, so I would say like, um, that, that neither of these are forbidden speech. Mm-hmm. Sugar is good. Sugar is bad. Neither of those are forbidden speech mm-hmm. that you could say, Hey, maybe you want to eat a little bit less sugar. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't be participating in diet culture. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. people hear, Hey, maybe you should eat a little less sugar as participating in diet culture. Mm. Well, yeah, I, and, and I think really, it could be, but I think ultimately instead, and I, I, I love this woman who did this talk many years ago on my show, I did a speaking event in New York and she came to speak and she said, I find diet to be a four letter word. And really diet just means what are you eating in your, in your lifetime? But we've made it that it's got to be this regimental, especially with women. Oh, it's no sugar. It's the keto it's the paleo. And then you've, you've just restricted that. Maybe your body, one gal said, I had just done vegetarian and my body was feeling sicker and sicker for me until one day i had such a craving for a bloody turkey that i went out and bought you know like a a 10 pound turkey ate the whole bloody thing and i felt awesome my body's like woo uh you know because <laughs> my body was like give me freaking meat but you know everyone's body is different and instead of saying oh well you know this is what this diet diet culture is telling me i need to get away from all animal my body was saying, please give me some sort of meat. I'm dying here. So, I mean, everyone's needs or body's needs are going to be different. Yes. Mm-hmm. And moreover, <laughs> it's not, it's not a fixed target. Like mm-hmm. what you need last week is different than when you need this week. And as your mindset shifts, you know, like for some people who are in eating disorder recovery, the idea that something is maybe, maybe you should eat less of that is very triggering to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But for someone who's a little farther along in their eating disorder recovery, maybe the idea that you should eat a little less of something, you can reorient that notion as to your benefit, not to your detriment. And you know, so anyway, that's what I mean about, that's what I mean about my people are curious. They're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're interested in experimentation. They're also not, uh, they're not affronted by the notion of more or less. They're like, like they're, they're actually a lot of them, I think have sort of, they're like post diet culture, Mm -hmm. like, like they're over that. They're like, got it. I'm over it. Maybe I do need to lose weight. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't think that maybe that notion and when they feel inside that maybe that notion isn't participating in diet culture. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Whereas for some people, just the fact that I said that is mm-hmm. like um, now there's a circle around my face with a mark through it, you know, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, seriously. no, I get you. So, so but I love the ultimate message I'm getting here for all listeners is really to get curious for you, with your own body. Yes. Uh, the heck with what anyone else is saying out there or experts do this, do that. Really, what is your body saying it needs from you? Yeah. yeah. And, and to build a relationship around that constant inquiry. Do mm-hmm. I, and it can go beyond this it can be like, do I need to sleep? Yeah. It's totally lost in our, in our culture. The idea of that puts, yeah. Yeah. It's, but it's also like, what brings me joy, Mm -hmm. you know, because our bodies are, are animals Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they thrive on joy, you know? 
So it, it can be like, uh, I talk to my people about, you know, like what sort of fabric are you wearing? Mm. Like, like, does your body experience the fabric that you're wearing as pleasurable? Or have you decided that you're going to wear that fabric because it makes you look slimmer, right? Like, like let's, let's really pull this apart. And these are the sorts of like really deep conversations that we get into, which is, and I think ultimately it is about unraveling diet culture because even the idea that you should wear, wear that cut or wear that color or not wear that fabric because it's flattering. What the hell does flattering mean? And what if something that's flattering on you feels yucky when, when it touches your skin, you know? And so I like these sorts of conversations because they pull apart all the ways that women and men, but I talk mostly to women, but women have been indoctrinated with very deeply that we are Mm -hmm. here to be pleasing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at our own expense. And so at our own expense. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that we have really gone, uh, well, not very deeply because we could go on for hours, but I want them to find out more about you and how they can work with you and uh, get a copy of all your books. How can they do that? Well, here's my book. It's called as as aforementioned, your body, your best friend, which I, I think is what we've been talking about. Yeah. Exactly. So you'll find a lot of what we've been talking about in this. Uh, if you're interested in more, you can go to my website, which is my first and last name, ericamather.com. Hop on my mailing list. You can also find me. I'm most active on Instagram, but I, I do have a, a tiny presence really on Facebook. I'm there, but mostly active on Instagram. And I run programming throughout the year that's oriented for people who can't work with me in person and for yoga. I run programs called uh, the Adore Your Body Transformational Programs. And uh, I run about five of them a year and they all have different curriculums that build on one another. And the point is to help you feel more confident and, and therefore have better results in your life because you have made friends with your body and present it to the world as such. Awesome. And you have an event coming up in Austin, Texas, not too far from where I am. You want to share if anyone's in the area, if they want to come join? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, May 20th through 22nd, I'm going to be at Yoga East Austin and I'm running a, a, a weekend immersion. It's actually very yoga focused. So if anybody is an advanced practitioner or a teacher, we will be doing a deep dive into the lineage that I am a lineage holder in actually it was called forest yoga. And we're going to be looking at some of the fundamentals of forest yoga. We're going to be doing a little bit of anatomy study Mm. around those fundamentals, how the body moves regarding those fundamentals. We call them basic moves. And then we're going to be going a little esoteric and talking about sort of the energetic anatomy attached to each of these basic moves, these fundamentals. Wow. Wow, Sounds fascinating. It's going to be really cool. I'm very excited. Awesome. Well, I just have to thank you again, Erica. This has been such a fascinating talk, one of which I hope anyone in our audience uh, feels triggered, not triggered, feels impelled, compelled to go deeper and have that conversation with your own body and have build that relationship if you haven't already. And everyone, think, please check out Erica Mather and that's M-A-T-H-E-R.com. And thank you again, Erica, for coming to Savvy Broadcasting. Thanks, Christina. It's so great to be here. I appreciate you hosting me and thanks everybody who listened. You betcha. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Forbidden Speech or Savvy episodes, visit SavvyBroadcasting.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at LifeUnscriptedRadio.com.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.